1: Hello and welcome to the Adam Ruins Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Conover. You may also know me as the host of Adam Ruins Everything on True TV. And guess what? That show is back with an all new season starting July 11th at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on True TV. We're back for 16 more episodes where we're going to be uh, breaking your misconceptions, telling you fascinating things you never thought could be true. But guess what? They are, and we're bringing them to you with comedy on True TV. But this is the Adam Ruins Everything Podcast where I talk to researchers, academics, and experts about About the work they do and why it is so cool and gosh darn important. Today's guest is Pete Hammond. You may have seen him on Adam Ruins Hollywood, and he's here today to tell us more about how networks and studios spend massive amounts of money and throw huge campaigns to help them win those entertainment awards that we watch every spring. Pete is the awards columnist for Deadline Hollywood, where he covers the Oscar and Emmy seasons. He's widely considered one of the preeminent award seasons commentators for film and television. And before joining Deadline, he was a regular awards columnist for the Los Angeles. Angeles Times. I'm so excited to have Pete join us in the studio today, in the flesh. Let's get right to the interview. Well, Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely, fun. Uh, you were
1: uh, you, your appearance on the show actually was one of my favorites. That we shrunk you down and made you an Oscar statue. A
0: lot of people saw it too, Adam. I'm telling you, it was amazing. The number of people that go, hey, I saw you. I, I, you did. No kidding. And uh, and I even did a, a thing uh, the week before the Oscars. Uh, I do this thing at a, a school, you know, where we talk about Oscar season and everything. And uh, they started uh, the panel that I was on by showing that segment from Adam ruins everything. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he thought it was very informative and uh, <laughs> would be nice to embarrass me in front of this
1: crowd. <laughs> what, well, I hope I hope we made you look good. That's all. No, was our I goal. think you did. I thought it looked great. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty cool visual. It was like uh, our our effects team was pretty proud of themselves. Every for time I it. talk about special effects, now I say I have
0: a better understanding of it for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, so you're the awards columnist for for deadline tell yeah. us a little bit about what is that day to day like like what is your involvement in the whole awards process
0: yeah well i you know it's uh, mostly the oscar season but it's also emmy season now too and so mm-hmm. it's year round and i um i cover whatever's going on in terms of the uh, races you know the uh, the contest as it were and uh, and all the news everybody's really interested in awards now for some reason everybody's got their own awards uh uh, pundit, as they say. You know, <laughs> right. I just uh, came from taping some stuff for a gold derby, which is owned by the same people that own Deadline. Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole site is devoted to, like, horse race odds and things on uh, who's going to win. And uh, they're asking me, like, well, who's who's your seventh choice for best supporting actress in a drama <laughs> series? And I'm going, like, well, I haven't thought about that much one. You know, but uh, it's just this intense thing, and it, and it goes on for
1: months. Well, it's part of the sportsification of, of entertainment. Entertainment a little bit. I, yeah. I, I realized that's one of the things people like about SNL. That that it took me a little while to figure out. Like like what you know what's so captivating about that show. Pa- partially, it's because it's like oh how are all the new cast members doing? Like how would <laughs> this sketch go over? You know what I mean? Like it's right, that yeah, it's yeah. that sort of like. Uh, uh, element of talking about people's careers in the same way you talk about how the new left fielder for the Mets is doing or whatever. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. Uh, People are really into it and uh, the funny thing I see is you got to be careful what you say because Mm. it goes a long way and uh, a lot of people that are potentially nominees for awards check these sites and they read everything and they say, hey... I thought you liked me, you know, why didn't you uh, predict me? And I go like, yeah, 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 you know, come on, folks, it's a game. It's a game from my point of view. But uh... That's
1: really interesting because I think most people, you know, I mean, the awards when they're on television, they're very, uh, you know, they're sort of very serious and very grand. And, you know, the entertainment industry is interesting because it is an industry, but it is also producing art. And the sort of illusion that we have or the idea that most people have is that these awards awards are are being given to the best art that you've got these voters and they watch all the movies and they say, oh my wasn't you know what Tom Hanks really did give the best performance this year what a what a majestic portrayal you know or, or whatever Oh, he, you know I wept in the theater etc and so he's got my vote yeah. that's the sort of ostensible that's the pledge that they make and, and that is the way that a lot of us understand it, uh, it, it but you, you say to you it's a game in what way
0: oh it's just a game you see everybody playing it in a big way but for me the game is of predictions you know I don't know it, it, you know it's <laughs> sort of like fun to throw out different names and see if you can influence somebody you know simply by putting them on your list. Really? Like I just did that on this gold derby thing today uh, for actor and actress in a comedy series because I love this new show on Amazon called I Love Dick oh, but yeah. it's just brand new so it needs all the help you can get sure. and I think Catherine Hahn is just brilliant in it and, uh, and, and Kevin Bacon so I threw them on my thing and the guy is going like are you nuts this is like going out on a limb and I said you know what this is like I'm bringing it to somebody's attention and if I can do it this way by predicting they'll get nominated I'm going to do it and uh, so that part of it's a game to me it's it's not a science predicting this yeah. stuff but it is a business and uh, and certainly the other part of it is what I do is reporting on the award season and everything that goes on and and all of that and that's become very big business and it's right. all driven by egos I think love huh. it yeah because people, uh, you know, whether it's in their contract or not, um, they expect a campaign if they see somebody else is doing it. Mm. I was just talking to somebody uh, today uh, that said they interviewed Jessica Lange, who's in Feud, uh, the miniseries Feud, uh, with Susan Sarandon, and they did an interview with her, and and it aired, and then somebody uh, heard about it from Sarandon's camp immediately and said, well. Why aren't you doing us? Well, why aren't we in there? You know, and it's this whole competitive thing, and, and people really pay attention, and uh, and so you have to be, you know, fair all the way around. And I tend to not even get into the prediction game until very late because mm-hmm. because of that, because you're going to run into these people all the time when you're writing right. about it, and you're trying to maintain an objectivity. Are come off that way, and it's very difficult uh, if you've come out and predicted that they're not even going to get nominated.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's interesting, isn't There's levels of the game, right? Because there's there's okay, there's the ostensible reality where we're just you know voting on whoever moved us the most in the theater or the or while watching television. Then there's the game of like, okay, now we've all got our pools and we're saying who who are you putting for this or that. And then there's the level of the game where it's where it's about money and it's about the studio making money and it's about the competition for Oscars and it's about the, the business interests of yeah. the experts and the uh, sorry not the experts the executives uh, and the studios or or the the networks etc and you know it, it it's funny because i uh When I relate to my own work in the entertainment industry, you know, I I, uh, noticed when I was working at College Humor, um, which, you know, we'd make web videos and, and, you know, uh, we were very, uh, and still are highly regarded in that space or whatever, you know, things get a lot of views. And every year we would submit for these awards like the Webby Awards and the Telly Awards, which (laughs) are these two different categories of award. And uh, and every year we would win a couple. They would submit us for like 15 and we'd win for like three or four of both of them. And a couple more, you know, statues would go up on the mantelpiece, you know. And I realized, oh, this is really serving a business interest, you know, because these are you know, makes everybody feel good, great for morale important for that reason, and then also if you're trying to sell an ad to Colgate, hey, can we make a funny video for you for an ad sales project? So, well, hey, we won five Webby Awards last year. That's exactly right. And and it helps, and the awards are making money off of these two because it costs $500,000 to submit for each one so it's sort of like and I realized, oh, we just have like an awards budget, like College Humor (laughs) or whatever company like this is saying, okay, we'll devote X number thousands of dollars for our award campaign every year so we bring in the number of awards that we need to keep the business going yeah. and you know I started to see it more transactionally that way and then when I moved to LA and I saw the amount of campaigning that goes on every mm. award season suddenly every billboard is for the show but it's not so that you watch the show right. because the show's already come out yeah. it's not saying hey <laughs> watch these new episodes of Scandal or Bojack Horseman or whatever it's say, hey we want the, the awards are trying to get you the ads are trying yeah. to get you to vote for them. For your consideration. And I realized it was kind of a bigger version of the same process where it's, it's these companies they you know they they have a, a real business incentive to to win a certain number of awards and I, I find that very interesting because it's so different than what the the folks at home think when you're watching you know uh, when you're watching the the show well it's fascinating and you know particularly with the influx of new um, players
0: like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu mm-hmm. they've really ratcheted up because they've got endless amounts of money and they look at this uh, awards thing as part of their business to be taken s- seriously by buy creative people so they will right. come there if they can prove they can win Emmys and really support you with all of this stuff and they are doing it big time right now um, then that's good for their business and the bottom line and it's also conversely with what the Emmy campaign that's going on now is good for the Television Academy they're the only one of like the Oscars the Grammys or whatever that charge you hmm. to enter the race and so they have 9,000 submissions and each one of them costs money yeah so... <laughs> <laughs> wow I didn't realize that yeah yeah so uh, so so it's good for them, and they rent out their big theater in North Hollywood. Every night there's an FYC event for something else, and they send out the invites. Uh, really? It goes out through the academy, through their mailing house, even though they say they are not affiliated with this event or anything other than taking the money <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they, they host it they say it's not our event but it's but not our event but we'll take your money your space. that yeah. is what
0: happens really I mean it's a big business for them as well and, uh, and and they make a ton out of that to pay for that theater which is a brand new theater that uh, costs 40 million dollars
1: and the thing is you know a lot of the topics we do on our show are about things that are very nefarious or it's about a scam of some kind and, and I don't really put this in that category it's like you know, ah, the television academy is making money off of this well yeah sure it's, the, it's Hollywood you know like of course they're of course they're making money. It's just to me what's funny is is the is how much it differs from the from uh, the illusion of of what you know uh, someone not in the industry might think of how the process works. Yeah. Um. You talked about Netflix. Uh, let me ask you about that uh, in more detail because what gave me the initial idea for this story was hearing a radio story. I forget where I think it was on one of the LA NPR affiliates, but about how Netflix really when they went after their first Emmy. It was a really, really deliberate decision, and they it was about how much money they put into it. Because right. I, I remember when House of Cards came out and people yes. were joking, like, oh, is House of Cards going to win a Webby this year? You Because know, <laughs> it was is seen as a website. Netflix yeah. was a website. That's right. And now they're, they're – you know, people say Netflix, that's TV. They call it yeah. television. And yeah. so the theory was that they had gone into those awards super, super aggressively so that they would be – Mentally put in that television box by the industry and by you know the audience at home. Is is that true? Do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they look. You know, when they went in, uh, we I was used to be on the board of governors of the Television Academy when it came oh. up. To allow um, uh, digital and streaming and all of this stuff at the time, we didn't know what these were. Netflix wasn't around or anything, but we made a decision to uh, allow them into the race mm. and uh, and into the game uh, then. So that so that uh, interactive stuff, digital stuff, was suddenly had its own categories, and uh, streaming, as it became, uh, was instantly eligible by the rules that we made then. And mm. so we're you know the TV Academy could have said no, 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 this is not good and all this, but no. And actually, we had a retreat once, the governors, uh, where they invited Ted Sarandos to be our speaker. Uh, and uh, remind us who is Ted Sarandos? Uh, Ted Sarandos is the uh, chief content officer of Netflix. So he's responsible for all the programming and, and the movie buys and all of that. He's the guy that brings the content to uh, to Netflix. God,
1: and he was at your retreat,
0: Yes. He was at our retreat a few years ago when I was on the Board of Governors, and uh, he made a speech to us. And this was when Netflix was in its early days, and uh, hmm. and and we play games at the thing at night and all that stuff, and you he's do, playing do games trust with falls? us. And I'm saying, is this like asking the wolf come into the hen house here?
1: <laughs> You're doing, are you doing like Trust Falls with Ted
0: Sarandos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, he knows how to weasel his way into this game. You know, he's yes. running – for the board of governors of the Motion Picture Academy right now and really? that's really letting the wolf into the hen house wow. because they're having a hard time breaking through into the Oscar race, and uh, most recently, I was at the Cannes Film Festival, and they had two entries, and uh, they put them in the Canon and it caused huge controversy through the whole thing because they don't—they're not doing theatrical; they're not in theaters in France, and it's a big deal there. And so, they've outlawed it for next year, but they were competing this year, these two, and uh, now they have a rule that you must be in theaters. But Netflix was going there, knocking on the door, and saying, "We're going to change the rules of the industry," and the way these things are going and when they when they came up with house of cards that was their first big emmy play and that was a very important thing so they sent food trucks all around town wherever you could find academy members and served them giant steaks i had six steaks delivered to my house i'm not (laughs) kidding six big steaks from this place that frank underwood ate at in washington dc raw or cooked uh they
1: were raw but they were later cooked but um so, it's
0: incredible. So they you just know. sent
1: you meat. They're like, "Here's some to campaign you." To as as well, I was saying, Frank Underwood goes
0: to this steak place and whatever, yes. and so they in- imported these steaks. You know, so wow. there was there was a tie-in. Yes, but- <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of crazy, but they got attention and they got nominations, and now they're challenging. Um, uh, HBO, I, yeah, you know, they'll be soon be the leader in nominations here.
1: I almost, think, I mean, it, you know, they've so quickly vaulted, and largely because of of, you know, those awards, or at least in my view, because of all the awards that they've won, it's like ne- true. Netflix and HBO are now sort of in the, you know, they're on that tier one and, you know, they're sort of tied for first with everybody else, yeah. you know, in terms of prestige, you know, when something is on Netflix, people really, people really pay attention now. Yeah. Well,
0: you know what they've done this year? I mean, they've ratcheted both they and Amazon. Amazon took over the Hollywood Athletic Club on Sunset. Boulevard and turned it into a virtual museum of their shows. Really? They brought in, flew in all the sets, the costumes, everything. They would have nightly Q&As there in this space and um, have parties and big, you know, and the wine was flowing and everything and they drew a lot of Academy members there. Not to be outdone, Netflix found a 29,000 square foot uh, building, empty building across the street from the uh, Motion Picture Academy, oddly enough, in Beverly Hills and it's still going right now. Every night they have FYC they had a big party there, and there and they have exhibits of all of their shows. They had a party, you know where they wow. show you know they have a big wall that's nothing but oranges, and that's <laughs> supposed to be oranges the new black. they have another <laughs> big giant conceptual. exhibit, which is giant playing cards which is house of cards the best one was stranger things you walk in there and they have the bicycle in the neighborhood but then uh it says you, there's a door there and they said be sure you go knock on the door and you go knock on the door and somebody comes out you know out like you know a ghost <laughs> or something a haunted house <laughs> yeah it's like a haunted thing it was freaky um uh, but um yeah but they had and then they had celebrities and people turn up everybody kept saying did you see Norman Lear over there i said Is he on display too? My God,
1: you know. (laughs) Uh, but he was just sitting there, and he might as well have been, you know? <laughs> and they, and that's really following in, I mean, when you say Amazon did it, uh, that's yes. really following in Netflix's footsteps. Because I remember when Amazon was first getting into TV, they were like, oh, we're going to crowdsource TV or something. <laughs> yeah. they, they were like, I remember they were like soliciting scripts and and from like, just anybody could send in a script and they would give you a, they were doing, they had this weird sort of like <laughs> tech approach to making TV. And then Netflix really went in and said, okay, we're going to be HBO. And then a couple years later, that's what they all started doing and, and yeah. everyone sort of realized that these awards were the path to legitimacy. Um,
0: exactly. That's what Hulu now is in that yes. position now and they feel they're going to have, they've got some pretty good shows, you know, Casual and The Path, but they haven't been able to translate that to big Emmy nominations, at least in the first year. Uh, this year they have The Handmaid's Tale and they really yes. think that's their ticket to Emmy success. Well,
1: and that is that buzzy of a show. You, yeah. hear, you hear so much about it. Um, and I noticed that you know, uh, CISO, which is uh, you know, comedy uh, streaming platform that's that's still sort of finding its footing, or you know, kind of a scrappy underdog, you know. Yeah. That, but I have you know I have a lot of friends with with great shows on CISO. Um, but you know, it's still sort of getting started. You know, this year was was uh, my first full year as a member of the writers union, so I can vote in the writers Award, so right. I get sent. Uh, screeners and, and, you know, I get, I now get those free DVDs and things like that. And I noticed that CISO, the stuff they were sending was so elaborate. They sent <laughs> for, um, uh, for Take My Wife, which is Rhea, Rhea, Butcher, who is, uh, plays Rhea on our show. Um, her and her wife Cameron Esposito do a show called Take My Wife that got a lot of good buzz for them this year. And so instead of just sending a DVD, they sent me like this 3D box. That, like, you took the top off, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, about like a foot by a foot size. You take the top off and then the sides fall down and there was a little stand-up figurine of the two of them holding each other. It came Mm. in this big box. It was like this very elaborate, beautifully printed thing. Like, I kept it in my office because it was like a very attractively printed object. And, um, you know, I know what kind of budgets, you know, CISO is running. You know, I have a general sense of it. I'm like, I think they might have sent more, spent more on these awards mailers than they did, you know, for oh my on the shows themselves. God. You
0: should see what I got on Genius, that new show on Nat Geo um, with Jeffrey Rush as uh, Albert Einstein. It was this elaborate set. I couldn't figure it out. I'm so not good technically, and it said DVDs <laughs> enclosed, but I couldn't find any DVDs. Giant box, you just pull out this stuff. It, I don't even know what it was. It was all these kind of mathematical formulas in the form of bookends and, um, and then there was this little thing that you're supposed to plug into your thing, and that's the show, I guess. Believe me, half the Academy members that would, would never figure that out. But um, they sent this out to the press or to get you into the thing and, and to promote the show. And um, uh, they also sent out something that says, Pete Hammond is a genius. <laughs> and I have that nameplate now. And, I mean, they did this for everybody. It's Not like, like personalized yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Now, that kind of thing you could never do, like in an awards campaign for uh, the Motion Picture Academy. They they have rules that have outlawed all of that. You just have mm. the plain brown wrapper, just the name, no critics reviews, nothing on, on. And they don't even participate officially in screeners, but um, they have rules for people that make screeners. And, uh, and they said you can't try to influence us in any way because they used to have big gifts and things that go. But the Television Academy still allows that kind of stuff, anything mm. goes, and uh, it's if you look at the latest issue of Emmy Magazine, the official magazine of the Television Academy, you can barely lift it, number one, mm. and they stick in all these DVDs and things and glossy uh, inserts. It's crazy, you know, it's crazy, but they're targeting and absolutely trying to hit that one audience any way they can and to try to stand out. From each other,
1: uh, it's such an incredibly. I mean, it's fun to talk about it because it's such an overheated advertising environment yeah. where where you know it's almost like going to Times Square where it's like everything's got to have a bigger neon sign than everything else. But at, at what point does it become you know sort of a or has it already become in your mind? Are there any examples of it becoming like a giveaway where it's yeah. where it's almost like hey you know whoever gives the you know the biggest whoever throws the best party or whoever you know gives the the most free stuff or the most valuable looking thing or, yeah. or you know, whoever gives away the most free drinks, the most free meals or <laughs> or whatever is going to be the one that wins. You know, I mean, yeah. we talked about on our show that sometimes they would give people iPads with the movie on it. I forget which word that was for, but, you know, like that sort of level of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, when does it cross that line?
0: Well, it crosses the line when it becomes garish and obvious and, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, you know, I don't think it's crossed the line now because these people line up to go to all these events and get their free food and their free drinks every single night of the season. They're miserable the rest of the year when they can't go to these things every night. <laughs> I, I, you know, now it's sort of the same crowd sure. that you see at the thing every time I go and do a Q and A or something. It's pretty much the same people who whose life revolves around this uh, few months of the year, uh, you know, with Emmy voting and everything else. But I don't know that it's crossed the line. I, you know, I I, I, uh, I, think, you know, if they've got the money and they allow it, you, you have to hope that the voters out there are more sensible than being able to just be bought by, uh, you know, uh, some tchotchke that someone's sending you. Uh, quite frankly, it's piled up. I've been a member of the TV Academy forever, but, I mean, this stuff just piles up. It's, like, unbelievable. It's out of of control, and, you know, you have to— it's a it's a whole job just to go through it all and get rid of it or even watch it watching it's a challenge too <laughs> if you can get through the big giant boxes that the TV studios are fond of sending you know to even find the DVDs in them uh, right in some cases but I would think a campaign for Adam ruins everything would have been perfect you could have done this whole thing <laughs> you know where you're ruining the whole award season for people and doing fine right. things
1: yeah well this well this year we uh you know uh uh, you know, True TV has never gone in for the awards before, as far as I know, or or not made they a big play. They sent a but...
0: DVD for Billy on the Street. Ah, uh, okay. last year. I haven't seen anything from them this year. But
1: I yeah. thought that they sent. I forget which award it was for. Um, you know, I know that they're starting to do Emmys uh, for us. I I looked at some artwork they said they were going to send around and we also campaigned for a Peabody nomination oh, cool. this year which we which I was like oh maybe we you know cross our fingers on that one because that's sort of the smart person's uh, yes, you know public service award Very and we prestigious and but we were not nominated they nominated oh. Stranger Things uh, well <laughs> which... there you
0: go Netflix <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I was like Netflix made it to the Peabodies too I don't know if I I don't know if we have a chance now I mean do you have uh, you know because we are the true underdog right you yes, know like like uh, uh, tr- true TV is not the Network with the biggest awards budget, and we're, <laughs> and we're talking about how you know big these, uh, you know how much advertising you know you need to do to stand out. Uh, do you have any advice for our show in order to get a little awards attention? Uh, I think it's good to do
0: like a for your consideration event and uh, have a reception because mm. that goes out to all the members. You know they send out a, even you can even spend a little more and send out the postcard mm. in the mail. Otherwise, they will email it. Um, the invite. It all goes out to the actual Academy membership list. And so it puts your name and it, it, it gives you that recognition there. Which and so
1: is... that's like an event where... Because I've never been to one of these events, so okay. like, what, what would I, what would uh, so I do? I know, well, event? I'll
0: tell you, driving over here today, I happened to notice one, which is, I guess, smart on their part, but they have the banners up and down the street, down mm-hmm. the boulevard, you know, where that usually is for the Amundsen Theater or some play or something going on here. Yeah. Uh, this was for... Tonight's June 1st. FYC event for uh, my crazy ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at it and I didn't have to just concentrate on one because it's a whole all the way down the street. I've seen those. With those banners. Literally every,
1: every street light has a little hanging yeah, for your Yeah, so as I Banner. went
0: from one to one to one, I finally read in the smaller print, it's at CBS Radford, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. today. So I missed it. <laughs> now, who is going to go? This is a first for me. Yeah. Who's going to an FYC for Your Consideration event at 8 in the morning in Studio City. I'm sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but it's nice they're trying it. But I don't even know what the thinking behind that is because yeah. usually these things are at night and that, that sort of
1: thing. Yeah, you give people some wine and get them, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: this was a morning thing, and it must have been something. But they're trying to stand out, in other words. They're trying to be different. And by doing that, that's one way. Of doing that, whether they got a crowd or not, I have no idea. But uh, <laughs>
1: well, well, speaking of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you know, uh, uh, Rachel Bloom has been on the show, and we've talked. And she she, was, she on was on the episode, was on that episode I was on. Yeah. She was on that episode talking <laughs> about the red carpet and stuff, yeah. and and uh, you know, she was talking about about that side of it rather than awards specifically. But she's, you know, she and I have talked about how she uh, did so many events that first year, especially when they when they won the Golden Globe, and uh, she t- talked about it almost like like you, she would like personally sort of meet the various voters and that it was Well with the Golden
0: Globes that's not difficult there's only 80 of them Oh okay and all you have to do is feed them they like (laughs) shrimp and um, they love it has to be food though I mean really you know and they they do have rules because they used to get hit right and left Yes Um, and they were kicked off NBC years ago um, for giving Pia Zadora the most exciting newcomer of the year against Meryl Streep or somebody but (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah it was for her Sterling performance in *The Lonely Lady*. You have got to see that, just for what she does with a garden hose. But um... I, can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> but she won the award, and it turned out, oh, that her husband, who happened to own the Riviera Hotel at the time in Las Vegas, flew them all to Las Vegas for a weekend, and uh, you know, basically bought the award. Wow. And so that was a no-no because NBC, as any network, has standards and practices, and even when it comes to award shows. But that went away and they changed their rules. clamped down a little bit. Yeah, they returned the Rolex watches that Sharon Stone sent to them. And And now they have a, uh, I think it's a $90 $90 or $100 limit on what you can give them. And um, uh, Tom Ford this year sent uh, male and female Tom Ford um, perfume and uh, cologne. I mean, that's not nothing, yeah. They made them return one of them. They couldn't have both because (laughs) they have to be a legitimate... Group, you know,
1: (laughs) so you get to take your pick. And you send one back. Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say under a hundred dollars. It's like okay, you can't send him an iPad. You got to send him a Kindle. Yeah, like it's still something, you know. And
0: I know so many people in the foreign press, and so many of them are trying, trying, trying to avoid all this stuff, you know. But there's Mm -hmm. still members there that are from the old school of like, you know, what can you give me? And it's isn't it cool? I'm a member here, and I'm one of eighty votes. And so you got to wine and dine. And wine and dining them is one thing. Flying them on junkets around the world, and I'm not kidding, to sets and things. They do that now? Premieres. They, they do it all the time. I
1: yeah. mean, do they, so are these people just, because there's only 80 of them, there's only 365 days in a year, are they just spending yeah. every single day going to these events? Well, like they're hoping to Rachel get a good Blum crowd. I mean, else?
0: You know, a crowd for their press conference, you have to have a press conference for every movie and TV show. And so uh, to get a good crowd there, you know, if you get 30 of them to show up, that's considered a home run by the. Publicists in town, you know, 30 to 40. So you're not going to get all of them at any given time, but, you know, two or three votes can make a difference with Yeah, with absolutely. Them. I mean,
1: especially because so it's few. got a
0: huge audience and it's a huge show and uh, it's on NBC and, and it, it really is one of the top shows of the year. So the fact that it's the Hollywood Forum Press, you know, doing this and, and who are these people, but, you know, basically they're just a media organization at best. Um, but they wield a lot of power because they've got the uh, platform. For it <laughs> and uh, studios don't hesitate to spend
1: well we're here talking to deadline Hollywood columnist Pete Hammond we'll be back in just a moment so please stick around. Are stacks of unread books taking over your apartment? Do you constantly miss your train stop because you're caught up in reading? I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We party hard. And by party hard, we mean read books. So
0: join us every Thursday on Reading Glasses, a maximum fun podcast about reading and book culture.
1: Get more out of your reading life.
0: We'll help you conquer your to be read pile, get out of that book slump, and squeeze more reading time into your busy day. Learn, learn how, to how to read, read better. better. <laughs> wow, that was good. <laughs>
1: welcome back to adam ruins everything the podcast i'm here talking to deadline hollywood columnist pete hammond so how do you feel about the? Uh, well, actually, let me ask you this: For I mean, uh, is how how much are they spending at this point? Is it is it? Uh, well, I
0: heard that the uh, Netflix sent out. I weighed it last year: twenty two pounds of DVDs.
1: I saw photos of that. They they yeah. and it was almost like a power move. It was like yeah. <laughs> they literally sent a DVD for every show that they made, and yeah. it was like as big as like a pallet of bricks. Yes, just to be like Huge. look at look at how much we make. And you mind know. you, this is for a streaming
0: service. That also sent a simple little card that gives you three months free to watch all this stuff
1: <laughs> yeah. on your
0: streaming service. Yeah. So you don't need this stuff. But they sent it out, 22 pounds. I asked Ted Sarandos. He said, I thought it was 20. No, I waited. It was 22. And, um, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy. But how many
1: people do they send that to? How many people? The they-
0: entire Academy membership.
1: Um, how-, how many is that?
0: That is, well... It's gone up this year, but it's twenty four thousand members, but to only twenty one thousand five hundred are voting members. So, so they,
1: so they sent it to they sent yeah. that they sent twenty pounds of DVDs to yeah. twenty one thousand people. Yes, they did, and it's wow. an, it's an incredible thing.
0: And uh, uh, they're they're estimating the cost of uh, the campaign this year, just the. Um, just the mailing alone at uh, somewhere between two and a half to four million dollars. That's just mailings. Wow! So that's not everything else. That's that just for that, Netflix or for this is for Netflix, but it's most of them. You know, I yeah. mean, if they're because this is a big number of DVDs. So just,
1: so just Netflix is spending two to four million dollars just on shipping yeah, costs
0: and production of these things. Okay. Some of them are elaborate boxes, and some of them. HBO has a philosophy. We take every show we've done, put them all in one box, and that's it. Boom, 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 you know, and they're going to be fair to everybody. But others are um, looking for breakouts anywhere they can, so they throw it all in and hope the, it works.
1: Does Netflix have like uh, like an unfair advantage? Because it seems like some of people like Netflix has more money than anybody else they because, have they're, a lot. because they're a tech Amazon has company.
0: a lot of money too.
1: Well, yeah. I mean like if Amazon is <laughs> selling selling every single, it's like if Walmart was uh, <laughs> you know, was uh, the the ones trying to buy their way into the award. It's like a little bit of a huge fish in a teeny tiny pond. It's interesting pond. to see that Netflix could not buy their way into the Oscars
0: though with hmm. all of this which they tried with Beast of No Nation which won a SAG award and a Golden Globe award. I remember that. Uh, RSA award but um they had big ads and things but one head of a studio uh, uh paramount actually told me if we fall for this we're stupider than we look because they feel like that is going to take over the industry and it's not in the uh, motion pictures industry's interest to have a, a streamer there that barely plays theaters and right. so but they've they've tried it and tried it and tried it uh with different ways and they're going to try it again this year too Uh, With movies and try to break through that way. And, you know, if they can, they can, you know, we'll see. But a lot lot of people are wary of it in the movie business. Amazon, on the other hand, uh, does run their films theatrically and in theaters and then streams them. That's their thing. And so the they go to the exhibition thing. I was there at CinemaCon and they had a big thing saying, we did not lie to you or we told the truth, you know, that we're going to play this in theaters. (laughs) Manchester by the Sea. And they did. And uh, and they won two Oscars, and they got nominated for Best Picture, and they're way ahead of the game of Netflix in the Oscar game because they will play theaters. But Netflix doesn't want to do that, and uh, they don't want to – their thing is streaming, and at best in a theater mm. day and date. Like they have War Machine right now with Brad Pitt. He's mm-hmm. playing at one theater in Santa Monica, one run. and But it's mainly a streaming thing, uh, whereas Amazon it spends – A ton of money on their campaign, too, for Manchester by the Sea— Fortune. And I went to a party that Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, had at his house over here in Beverly Hills. Oh, <laughs> wow. And I'm telling you, it was A list. Uh, they had a lot of big big names you don't normally see out, but Academy members, big names. Diane Keaton was there and wow. Faye Dunaway and a lot of people that don't go to every little thing. And, well, I can uh,
1: imagine if Jeff Bezos is like, you know, you're like, I'm going to see like one of those drones deliver a package or something. <laughs> like it's, that's like another, that's like another level. That's like if Steve yeah. Jobs or, you know, where yeah. it's, it uh, is, and he's there funny. at
0: the Oscars, sitting at the Oscars, watching his movies win, which are basically a loss leader to you know sell free shipping or sh- sell shipping. You right. Know? That's the cra- that's the <laughs> crazy. Thing. I mean,
1: Manchester by the Sea, when I, you know I saw it last year, and I, you know it was one of the Oscar contenders that I saw, and mm-hmm. you didn't have the sense that it was this Amazon. I mean, I knew it was an Amazon movie, but it yeah. felt like any other. It felt like any other sort of Oscar bait yeah. style. Uh, you know, serious. A drama movie but yeah that's a really interesting point that at the end of the day Manchester by the Sea is a way to, to get people to sign up for Amazon Prime, which is that's, mostly about free shipping. That's it. And so they're willing to wait to start streaming it on
0: Amazon after it. And it's a smarter move because mm-hmm. it has all this cred now with the Oscars and with the you know notoriety it got when it was in theaters. And here it is on Amazon. And it's going to do the same thing for them that way that it would have done you know had you done it day and date like Netflix insists on doing Right, it. But Netflix is just stuck in this idea that it's got to be, you know, that we're going to revolutionize the industry and people are going to watch movies this way yeah and uh, and that's just another way of thinking but the studios are afraid of it and in terms of the um the oscar value for studios now they'll basically put out one movie a year two movies in the fall you know that'll be their i call it their ego movie so their executives (laughs) can go get their oscar tickets and go and play in that game but it's not their business anymore it it is certainly the business of these streamers to get into that business but it is not the business of those studios of the
1: the the the, the
0: major studios the
1: major studios the the sort yeah. of Oscar world is right. just they're they're just doing it as a little side but what is their main yeah. business like, well
0: their major business is making money and tent poles and having franchises superhero and movies pleasing china and um, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so in- i mean so that is so That is so fascinating because, yeah, when I think about the movie business, I do think about, like, okay, you've got the – I don't know, the Warcraft movie, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I know made a ton of money in China. And it's yes. like all about these, you know, this major sort of franchise as a commodity, et cetera. Um, uh, and so you you feel that the, that's that's light years away from from the Oscars. and what Oh, the yeah. Oscars light is. years. I mean,
0: there was a joke Jimmy Kimmel did on the Oscars this year at Matt Damon's expense saying, hmm. what a nice guy. He was going to play this role in Manchester by the Sea. He gave it to his childhood friend, Casey Affleck. Turns <laughs> out to be a best actor. Oscar nomination, you know. And what does Matt do? He puts on a ponytail and does the Chinese movie The Great Wall, which lost $850 million. So there you go. Uh, So they actually... Not only you know make these movies, but then make fun of them when it comes time for Oscar time. You know, but right. the little movie you know that he didn't do, and uh, and the other one that's an embarrassment, but nevertheless is where the business is. So, so. then,
1: well, well, so if the uh, so then the studio is putting the in your view the the Oscar movie in just sort of for the ego, ego so that and the, to
0: be part of that, yeah, and yeah. to placate you know the uh, adult crowd that they could make money off of if it's if it's a successful movie like La La Land. Sure. You know, but nobody know these things are such these are the risks now for the studios t- hmm. to take a little movie like La La Land, a musical set in L.A. that's inspired by Jacques Demy. It doesn't exactly something you can't go in and easily uh, sell to a studio. Yet it made a, a lot of money. Yeah. And it won a lot of awards. And that is the perfect storm. Uh, you know when you have that combination
1: but that 's a that 's a bigger risk for them, you think because know
0: they don 't know how to market those movies and it 's mm-hmm. you know one you can make the movie, but if you 're going to go out and and release it, it costs a lot of money to market movies mm-hmm. and um and so it 's a big investment no matter what you do on on these things and uh, but that kind of thing can pay off uh, big time for them um you know that kind of
1: uh, hmm. movie well the the awards campaigns themselves do they Turn a profit for the studio in terms of the return that they get on the movie. You know, if, if they spend, okay, we're going to spend, you know, a million dollars on the uh, on just the Oscar campaign for this movie. Are they going to make back a, a a million and a quarter? Well, um, if,
0: if, if it's a Best Picture winner, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, and if, if it hasn't opened, and if it's going to, you know, if it's basically playing out at Oscar time, a Best Picture um, win could be up to fifty million dollars, or not. You know, a little movie like Moonlight isn't going to do that, you know, when it wins Best Picture. But um, but a picture that comes out in November or or uh, December and has most of its play still in front of it uh, domestically and particularly internationally, because Oscar is a big symbol internationally, um, mm. that's, that's a big plus. And then in the afterlife, too, um, in streaming and DVDs and all of that stuff, too, uh, winning uh, can add a lot. I had, I
1: had no idea that Oscars meant a lot of international. Oh, huge! Yeah. It's a huh.
0: huge symbol. Of uh, quality and that sort of thing, and you see it on any any kind of international poster. Yeah, Oscar is known around the world and is seen around the world. Yeah, two hundred countries or wherever they broadcast it. Are the
1: are the Emmys becoming as as important to the to the I mean to the networks? I don't. You know, the odd thing is the networks
0: sort of like you know they laughed at the Emmys in a lot of ways, and you know Mm -hmm. the networks aren't even part of the Emmys much anymore. You know their shows. I uh, oh, mean the broadcast. Networks. Yeah, the broadcast yeah. networks. You know, they've sort of given it up to cable. That's the frustrating thing. They're the ones that air the Emmys, but they're the <laughs> ones that don't win. You know, yeah. and, and it's always at their expense. Um, so they're basically advertising these other shows, which is why these networks have gotten into the cable
1: business. I guess. It, I guess it seems like the big advantage, the big thing for the Emmys, is that it'll bring that respectability to a network that doesn't otherwise yes. have it. I mean, that's why. You know our our network and our show and hey me personally you know if we were to you know ever make it if a project I were to work on would ever make it on that uh you know late night variety uh writing yes, thing up next exactly. to uh, the Daily Show yeah. and, and John Oliver and stuff like that then everybody at the network I worked on would be would be like hell yeah now we're a real player in that space and people know it now you know
0: absolutely
1: that would be huge.
0: You know, just like it was for a little movie, a, a little TV show called Catastrophe on Amazon, yeah. um, which nobody would heard of. And it, and it pulled off a writing nomination mm-hmm. uh, for comedy. And, you know, suddenly you're looking at, what is this show? And so, yeah, just to, for recognizing that, uh, to get any kind of nomination like that, especially for something like True TV th- that doesn't get the nominations, you know, that's big. Yeah, that
1: would be huge. And so that doesn't seem like a... If in that case they're rewarding these networks, or or the ones that are going for it, are the, are the ones who are like, oh, we want to do good work and we want to sort of move up in the world. That seems like a positive yeah. incentive. That 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 seems like a good thing in the industry. It's a very me.
0: positive one, and and I think the Emmys are that's what they are to be. They're about this year's stuff and about encouraging good work and rewarding it and that sort of thing. And you know, Emmys, there's far more Emmys given out than anywhere else. 117 categories. Just for primetime Emmys alone, that's just primetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we have daytime sports, news, international, on and on and on.
1: And they, and there are some categories <laughs> they like. I didn't know this. They swap in and out of which ones are in the telecast. Yeah. Because there are so uh, many. I'm
0: well aware of that because you have to trade for things. When I was a governor of the Writers' Branch. You know, we wanted a fifth category. We wanted to split up those writing, uh, the uh, variety writing and the variety special writing. Mm. And um, and to do that, we have a deal that only four writing categories would be on the show itself. They hmm. don't want the writers or the directors on the Emmys. <laughs> well, they're not as attractive as the stars. <laughs> they want actors. And so we but we made a deal. You won't get any clips or anything else, you know, unless we have our four categories. Hmm. And uh, – but – We can't have any more. So when we add another category, we have to say, okay, it's going to the Creative Arts Emmy shows, of which there are now two. Wow, really? They split them in half. So they're on the uh, preceding Saturday and Sunday of the primetime Emmy show that's on the air (laughs) the next weekend. So there's now three primetime Emmy shows. Um, spread out over a week uh, this is
1: getting as bad as the webbies <laughs> in terms of
0: yes and uh, and so we had to put one of them on there so what we did was we switch it out so one year the uh, late night TV comedy shows will be on the primetime uh, broadcast Emmy show and and then the next year it will be on the creative arts, which and is it won't be on, on TV. Uh, I think
1: showing in somebody's garage. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had some friends. I had some. You know, now I have some friends who who work on the Daily Show and some other shows like that. And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm, a, I'm in LA for the Emmys, and I'm like, uh, oh, okay, I'll watch on TV and see if you win. And they're Like, oh no, this year we're not on TV. I'm going to the other Emmys. Yeah, I'm you, like, oh, okay, you, you can blame me for that.
0: <laughs> but it's only because I really wanted to split that up. I thought it was unfair to have all the you know Adam ruins everything right. compete against uh, you know the Jimmy Fallon show it didn't make sense that makes Th- a lot of different sense different kinds of shows yes and um, but we we can't have five categories I mean God Imagine five categories of writers on the end.
1: <laughs> so all of, this, all of this huge campaigning, you know, and all this money that's spent, this whole sort of crazy system where you got, you know, they're sending out 20 pound boxes of DVDs. And and, you know, we got these people going from event to event um, uh, like crazy getting wine and dined. Is there uh, do you see that as a bad thing? Do you, do you think it has a bad effect on the industry? Do you think it it it's uh, you know, how do you feel about it? Overall, I mean— No,
0: I I don't think it's a bad effect unless somebody starts doing exposés saying how horrible and following, you know, Brenda Vaccaro to, you know, the Palm where she's going to have her lobster. You know, I don't hmm. think it's a bad deal. I really don't. You know, I mean, for a lot of these people, they're retired. They have nothing else to do. They've done a lot in their (laughs) business. You know, and so what if if they're doing this? I don't find personally, and I know a lot of them, and I've been to a million of these things— And I do not find them influenced. If you talk to them privately at these events, they'll go like, you know, oh, I haven't really seen it, you know, or whatever, you know. But does it have an influence? Yeah, they can be charmed by certain actors or other things, and I've seen that work, uh, and that's fine. But the whole idea is to get them to go and watch the actual movie our show that's all it's about and I see nothing wrong with that Uh, you know for me anything goes uh, in in it does does
1: create that sense of buzz though I mean because I remember when Netflix after House of Cards came out and then they got Orange is the New Black and everything else I remember thinking man I am hearing about these Netflix shows before they're even out I'm hearing people go like oh you gotta see Orange is the New Black it's the best show I'm like it's coming out next week what are you talking about you (laughs) know and so there is the extent to which if they sink enough money into it, you can say, well, yeah, at the end of the day, someone has to go watch the show. But people are more likely to watch the shows that they hear people go like, you got to see it, you got to see it, you got to see it, you yeah, know. And true. those are the ones that have the money put behind them. So yeah. there is there is still a degree to which, you know, that, the money it. can buy the awareness. It's word of mouth, you know, yeah. and, and and people
0: talking to each other and, you know, in any way you can get them into the tent, I say, think is a good way,
1: my opinion. I think yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I mean yeah. I guess the big I mean the biggest downside and you know like I said normally on our show we do scams and we do uh you know great injustices and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is this is one where it's a peek behind the curtain uh and a little bit it's a little bit less uh, uh heavy than that. And when I think about like okay what's the worst effect of it? I guess you know smaller shows like ours have a have a tougher time competing against these huge budgets, but at the end of the day, oh. hey, we're still making a TV show. Yeah. Are there are there um shows that or movies that you feel uh sort of excited about this year that um, you uh, think you know are sadly going to be overlooked because they aren't as equipped to play this game that you would encourage people to go check out? Oh, I
0: think there's always movies like that, and particularly anything that opens in the first half of the year is at a disadvantage, mm. um, you know, uh, awards-wise. Um, I haven't seen that many great, great films yet this year, um, but I know... Uh, in past years, um, if you're opening in March or April, it's very difficult to go all the way unless they're going to do a big, 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 huge campaign. And uh, so I don't know how many um, movies so far. Um, people have become so adjusted to the idea that the award season starts in September with the fall fall festivals and goes for six months from there that uh, they tend to avoid opening any movie. I saw a little movie I would love to see, uh, get some attention, called The Lovers, Hmm. with Deborah Winger. She hasn't had a role like this in 20 years, at least, a leading role. And Tracy Letts, who's a wonderful playwright and actor, Tony-winning actor, um, plays her husband. And it's a couple that are uh, basically um, getting divorced. But then uh, they've got people on the side. But then they get reattracted to each other and start cheating on those who they were cheating with. <laughs> that's, one,
1: that's a very that's a very nice twist on that story. It is,
0: right? And it's a very good movie. And A24, which won the Oscar for Best Picture with Moonlight this year, um, uh, released it. And, uh, you know, it's still around, but it's going to have a hard time because unless they're going to spend the money that they don't have, you know, for a big Academy budget, Uh, They won't be able to compete. Uh, They can send out the DVD, which hopefully they'll do, and people may discover it. But, you know, those get piled up too, and you've got like 75 – DVDs I and uh, so I there's... still have
1: my. I, you know, I'm still working through the the Oscar movies from last year yeah. that I got. And, <laughs> that I got as
0: a member of uh... that's the Writers Guild. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in there too. Yeah, that's great. I never know where I get them from because I'm in the broadcast yeah. critics too, and I don't know who they're sending them through. So I was this
1: year on. <laughs> I I was this year, and this is my first year as a member of SAG as well. And I was randomly selected to be part of the SAG nominating committee. Which oh, is oh, a... you
0: were already on the SAG nominating committee. I guess
1: it's a random draw. It is,
0: and your first year first year See, you're
1: one of those mysterious people that are on
0: the SAG <laughs> nomination. is 2100 people uh, for movies and 2100 for tv were you tv or
1: movies i was tv because i think i'm a, T- I'm a tv okay. actor all so. right so they took you on the tv one That's yeah. very good and i got a ton of i got a ton of screeners that i had no yeah, time to watch because we were in production yeah on, from uh, we were shooting 12 hours a day i wasn't able to watch any of them and <laughs> well, uh, what good
0: are you as a sag nominating well here's, here's what here's <laughs> what i did
1: here's what i did and this is the problem with you know if and this is why I can't criticize the system too much because the alternative is not much better because what I did was because I wasn't able to watch any of the things I went when I got the nomination form. I just went through and nominated my friends. That's all I did. Because I'm young, You're just like everybody else. I'm young Hollywood. Everybody I know. Hey, if you guys know Nicole Byer, you know she's an incredible actor who 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 deserves some recognition. I was like, I'm checking off her show. I came up with her at UCB. You know, she's that's great. You know, so so you know that kind of nepotism is is you know rampant. Just, it was rampant as well. You know, I think one of the reasons I like this topic is because at the end. of of the day it's just enter- it's just the entertainment industry and no one's no one's getting killed over it and no. and so yeah. it's it's uh It's not
0: like pulling out of the Paris climate accord. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's nice to it's it nice It doesn't have repre- you know it doesn't yes. have repercussions for the
1: planet. Yes. This is just I mean maybe maybe Netflix sending out 22 boxes of DVDs, 22 pounds of DVDs, that, that, that might have some repercussions <laughs> for the planet. But hopefully that not does. too many. Yeah. Um uh what do you hope that folks uh, at home uh, you know when they're watching the award show um uh what what do you think that they should you know take away uh you know how how do you hope that they might watch it differently if at all um well i hope you know i
0: i don't know people watch these things to see who who's wearing what and all of that yeah. that seems to be the uh, going thing on these award shows i think you know if you can learn something about a movie if it makes you want to go check out a different kind of movie if mm-hmm. you know you're if you're Joe Popcorn, as they say, and you only want to go see one kind of blockbuster, maybe you'll be inclined, you'll see a clip from something and say, hey, I want to go check that out, see something different, because if those smaller movies become successful, they'll make more of them. They Mm -hmm. won't be afraid of it. And uh, the bottom line is awards are nice, but people need to go see these things. And so award shows uh, can... um, Help you uh, decide what you might want to watch, and that can influence the studios and what they want to make.
1: And that's sort of a nice thing about you, you know. I, I will say for all the cynicism that we have about it and everything, you know, I I I would probably not be remiss in saying that that uh, La La Land had had to me felt like an enormous campaign last year, yeah. and Moonlight ended up winning, and it ended up being yeah. the smaller movie, and and. It was. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't want to say it was more deserving in any way, but but if you're just rooting for sort of the underdog to get a shake in the process, that seems like an example where that happens. Which it,
0: it happened. It, it's a little caveat to that. Just the voting system of the academy is kind of weird. They have 24 categories. Twenty-three of them are straight up and down vote. You get one more vote than the next guy, you win that category. Mm-hmm. Best picture Ooh. is uh, a weighted ballot so that you have to go my first choice, my second choice, my third choice, my fourth choice, my fifth Fifth choice, my last choice. Wow. And you place them that way. La La Land was the overwhelming favorite, but I know people who liked the movie but didn't want to see it win place it ninth. (laughs) And uh, Moonlight, on the other hand, was a movie that seemed to be liked by everybody, but not maybe in that number one slot as much, Hmm. but number two. And this is where your number two choice, if it's Moonlight, can have more of an effect. This has happened repeatedly since they've done this system. Really? Whereas um, Gravity wins seven Oscars, including Best Director, loses Best Picture to 12 Years a Slave, which wins only three. But picks off that best picture because of that weighted ballot. And, I had um, no idea. So it's it's yeah. sort of a, a Spotlight won quirk. two last year, two Oscars. One yeah. of them was screenplay at the beginning of the show. And then the last award of the show, after losing to huh. Revenant and everything else in directing, it wins best picture because it was popular but maybe not Totally, your first choice. I have a feeling that Revenant might have gotten more number one votes than Spotlight, but Spotlight by far. That's so fascinating, you know. And it definitely happened this year. I'm sure La La Land got more number one votes, but uh, it, because it was such an overwhelming favorite, I've talked to voters like this who who think they can influence the thing by waiting the ballot.
1: Well, it's also well, it was uh, both of those movies, Revenant and La La Land, are very divisive as yes, well. Exactly, where, where that's what happened. I saw La La Land. I'll be honest, I hated La. La yes, yeah, you're you're one of those. I would so I would, I would have given La La Land a nine. And yeah. look, I talked about La La Land. I had the most fun of my life. Talk. I talked about. I had a conversation with <laughs> La La Land every single day. If you right now wanted to talk about how yeah. I feel about La La Land, really, yeah. I would go into it. You know, okay. it had a, it, but but I but I would totally I give it La that La night. La Land. I, I did.
0: I love La. Thumbs that's up, fi- man. man. That's fine.
1: We don't need to get. We'll do that on the next podcast. We'll get into that on the next podcast. But, devoted to La La Land. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> but but so so that divide because the way it's weighted, yeah. a movie yeah. that's divisive would you maybe- can actually
0: actively campaign with your vote against a movie like that. I know that's what happened. I talked to enough people that gave me that example. And that's why you had, you know... It was hilarious with, of course, the envelope mix-up with Faye Dunaway oh. and everything.
1: Could it get, could it be any better? That's up there with the... <laughs> remember when the guy pitched the... Uh, Galarraga pitched the perfect game and the yeah. umpire got it wrong yeah. and then so it was denied <laughs> from him? That was up there, with, up there with that. I was like, that is the best thing that could it was, have ever happen. It was
0: hilarious to me because it was just the wrong envelope because most people don't know they have two sets of envelopes. Yes. And the guy accidentally gave another Emma Stone, yes. who was the previous one, who happened to be the only Best Actress nominee that was in a Best Picture nominee. So oh, it wow. said... La La Land on the envelope. So when he handed it to Faye Dunaway and she's looking, she sees La La Land, so she blurts it out. Yes. Now, what if it was not Emma Stone that had won and it was Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins? Would the best picture have been
1: Florence Foster Jenkins in the whole audience? (laughs) Everyone would be like, what? She wasn't even nominated. What just happened here? I guess, should we go up there? It would have been more obvious. It would have been more obvious that it was a mistake. Uh,
0: that was the moment I was waiting for, but unfortunately, Emma Stone won, so we had the La La Land moment. But see,
1: there. here's the thing again, and it, it comes back to it. It's all good fun, right? So, like, yeah. you have to say at the end of the day, oh, it was a big disaster. Oh, people, heads got a roll for this. But then you have to imagine everyone involved at the end of the day is going, like, man, that was some of the best TV ever, wasn't it? It was. Wasn't that a blast? Yeah. Could, could it screw up like that again next year? I mean, they're bringing. <laughs> (laughs) jimmy kimmel back maybe so you can screw and the
0: producers you know and abc was thrilled with it they said what are you kidding we loved it you know it gets people talking about the oscars yeah
1: (laughs) well that's it's nice to do a light topic like this (laughs) Um, uh, and thank you so much for coming and talk to us about it pete i really appreciate the peek behind the curtain all right Well, thank you once again, Pete, for coming on the show. And that is it this week for Adam Ruins Everything, the podcast. We will be back in just two weeks, so please tune in then. Our producer is Shara Morris. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about the podcast and subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribed. It would really help us out. Again, Adam Ruins Everything is currently in the off season, but it is coming back on July 11th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Write this down. 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on True TV, 16 more episodes coming your way. And in the meantime, if you want to bone up, you can watch full episodes and clips at truetv.com slash everything or on the Watch True TV app, which is probably available on any app store that you could hope to find it on. In the meantime, we'll see you here in two weeks. Thank you guys for listening. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.